Welcome back to The Sandlot, nine minutes at a time. I'm your host, Rachel Mummert, and along with me today is my co-host, Tierney Steele. Yeah, yeah, too cruel. (laughs) (laughs) And we are joined today by one-third of the Indiana Jones Minute, Pete Mummert. No, no. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) It's pool day! It is. Yeah. Pete, we kind of ask our uh, guests what their um, history is, if there is any with this movie, if they've grown up with it, seen it before, or if they're coming into it fresh and new being on this podcast. So what is your history with The Sandlot? I have zero history with The Sandlot. So (laughs) I have watched portions of it for the very first time. No, I watched... I I wasn't actually able to finish the movie, but I watched up until... About 40 minutes from the end, 30 minutes to the end. Okay, that's okay. And Pete, if you need to <laughs> scare yourself, <laughs> we were talking I, I on did read one the synopsis e- at the end, too. Oh, yeah. Tierney had mentioned Google, or you know, if you want to scare yourself, Google Ugh. the uh, puppet of the of the dog because they use, you know, oh, use during the, the uh, camp out story. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's if you want to scare yourself, <laughs> oh, do, do Google right that. It's <laughs> <awful>. awesome. <laughs> Real it's English really Mastiffs, wonderful. That puppet, <laughs> nightmares. Yeah, oh nightmares. man, it's hilarious. <laughs> Luckily, we are safe from that. Except, wait, just kidding. We've dumped you into like the most controversial section of the movie. <laughs> the the pool scene, Squints and Wendy. This is the part of the movie that people point to and say, well, you couldn't make it today. It hasn't aged well. And I'm just gonna right here at the top say, yeah, don't like force lifeguards to kiss you. (laughs) But I do think they do this part of the story well. Uh Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's fine. Not great. This is not a good life lesson, <laughs> but it's also not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. And I think the way she handles it after, you know, what happens is I think is, they just nail her good, reaction. You know, yeah. She starts out so mad and like you see her be like, <laughs> all right, I'm still mad, <laughs> but that was pretty epic. <laughs> so yeah. can we just talk about something right off the bat? Who, yeah. who... I mean, I grew up wearing glasses. Tierney, I, I assume you did too. <laughs> Who goes swimming with their glasses on? Nobody. He takes his glasses off and wipes them down. You're <laughs> does nothing. Does I'm nothing like, but make oh, things worse. <laughs> that bothers me so much. <laughs> so this this is very helpful because I, as a 49 year old, just got my first pair of glasses two weeks ago. So oh, now I know. Oh, Don't wear them the swimming. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't hold. He holds on to them, but he jumps. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm skipping ahead of my notes, but I, no, I laughed I, so hard when I realized he's still holding his glasses. I, yeah, I was water. wondering what was going on there, and then I saw he had them under the. But that that sort of explains. Like, I was curious. Did he lose consciousness? Like, was he sac- making any sacrifice by doing this? Like, was he gonna? And I, the way he's holding onto the glasses the whole time, makes me think he's he's fully conscious and having fun the whole time. Oh my God. Yeah, he doesn't. So, um. I will say one of the most frustrating things. So I wear glasses. And when I was learning to swim as an adult, you, you got to take them off. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and so then everything's real blurry, which yeah. is super fun when you're trying to look at clocks, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and read things while you're in the pool. And stay um, with the, people you're with. <laughs> the other thing that's really frustrating to me is I was not wearing glasses full time mm. the last time I went surfing. Mm. Oh, I only wow. needed them for driving back then. And so wow. it never occurred to me that this was any problem. And yeah. now that I'm like blind as a bat, and it's fine. But um, I I don't under like what would I what would I do? That's <laughs> and true. And I know they yeah. make they make prescription goggles, but I'm I am not that much of an athlete that I need <laughs> prescription goggles. Like yeah. I go surfing at like once a decade. <laughs> I don't yeah. need specialized equipment. Except just like with like prescription sunglasses. I probably could get those, but I'm like, if I run or something, I just pop my contacts in and Yeah. That's, that's that. 
I guess I could wear my contacts in the ocean, but if anything Ooh, gets in yeah. them, they are mm. gonna sting like a. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Uh, yeah. This is a this is a question for another day. Uh, <laughs> they would sting in the pool. Don't wear your contacts in the pool, kids. Just be blind. Just go. <laughs> just be just blind. do yeah. your best. Just do your best. That's just all. Marco. Just play Marco Polo. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, now I will say he's in the shallow end, so maybe the assumption is his head will be above yeah. the water, and it's fine, and oh, that, yeah. you know it won't be a problem. Well, speaking of being blind, there's something a few seconds before that that I actually really like. You know, growing up as a boy, you always sort of assume that you're the awkward one and all the girls, like, they've all got mm. it together and you're like, you're, you, it's really hard because you gotta, you're the one that's gotta be on, you know, performing and you're the, you're the one that's awkward. But it's fun. They show all the girls sitting here, sitting exactly the same and you kind of realize, oh, they're oh. all just trying to do this. They're all just trying to fit in and find their identity somehow and same as, yeah. just like we are. Yeah. I love Ham's seducing of... <laughs> The pool. Yeah. <laughs> I love his cannonball. He blows them the kiss and then his voice cracks on cannonball. <laughs> and it is voice perfect. <laughs> and he has such confidence. He doesn't even care. Like, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going through this. It's like, hey, puberty, but I don't care. <laughs> what, what must that have been like? No, uh, this is especially the ham part in the beginning and when he jumps. Uh-huh. This always reminds me of another slightly more adult coming of age tale. Uh, this always reminds me of the Caddyshack pool scene, too. <laughs> Something about that blue of the water. Yeah. That you just. <laughs> and, yeah. and the groups of boys, you know. Trying to impress the lady when they you almost expect these kids to like suck their stomachs in uh-huh. in front of the lifeguard. <laughs> um, so this was one of the coldest days of filming, of yeah, course. It was hot as all get out. You know, a hundred degrees scene. when they're playing baseball in jeans with no shade. But the day <laughs> they did the pool scene, it was freezing. Wasn't it in the fifties or something? Uh, something like that. And then but- wow. Yeah. It, it was cold enough it was cold. to be memorable. And you can definitely tell when he gets on the diving board. I mean, usually, you know, you get the pool shivers, but this, it's like, once you realize it was cold temperature-wise, uh-huh. you're like, yep, okay. I was going to say, I really Just appreciate chattering. that the only person we really see shivering is Squint, so it works, like, <laughs> on a character level. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. he's shaking because he's about to make his move, but... Really, it's just that that poor child actor is <laughs> freezing, <laughs> wearing very tiny shorts and very cold. <laughs> Where did they film this scene? Was this in Utah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did love they talk about how I got really confused because they were talking behind the scenes about the pool and like play. And uh, later you see older Benny and uh, the guy who was playing him would like throw them into the pool. And they thought that was the greatest. And they realized. They had all this downtime because as child actors, they could only film for eight hours a day. But it was summer, so they didn't have school like Uh on set. So they just all hung out at the hotel and had shenanigans, basically. (laughs) So there's something very like heartwarming to me about watching all these guys just fooling around in this pool and like pushing each other. It's just like, yeah, this is this is what they did. Like every day after filming <laughs> i love uh that benny is the cynical one so they're uh-huh. all yeah we, we've established in the previous scene that squints loves wendy yeah yeah thinks she's hot but knows she's never going to look at them <laughs> like yeah. it's not worth the time and most of the guys have this thing like they they're they're all perving on a dish they all <laughs> think she's pretty scheming pool but, honeys but, but benny is like Guys, this no, like, like they, they've all still got that little glimmer of hope. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and Benny is the one who's like, she knows exactly what she's doing. And I'm like, why are you yeah. so cynical? You are 13, sir. Is he? Is he? Is Benny like five years older than everybody else? No, he's just that he's... much better at baseball than oh, okay. everybody else. Well, it makes me wonder if he's just so focused on. Uh, I mean, spoilers, we see in the end, like where he eventually will end up career wise. But Mm -hmm. it makes Mm -hmm. me wonder if he knows all these things, but he's just so focused on that, you know, baseball, 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 and, you know, making it that nothing else really, everything else kind of gets sidelined. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can too. Squints does not have that. No, (laughs) no, he's the opposite. (laughs) I love his breakdown. 
Yeah. Lotioning. Oiling. <laughs> Oiling. Lotioning. Smiling. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but at, at what point does Squid's behavior, like at what age does it go from being cute to predatory? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, it's a hard thing. I think it helps the age difference between yeah. him and Wendy. Yeah. I really do feel like a 15-year-old doing this to an 18-year-old is not cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. But a 12-year-old or 11-year-old doing this to an 18-year-old is just like, you are a child. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that lets her, I mean, and she's seen them checking her out mm -hmm. when he gets up on the board and waves and she does a little like yeah okay the kid wave, wave back yeah. like yeah. she knows that these guys think she's hot yeah there, there's a little part of her that is flattered just at there but it doesn't there's no <laughs> like there. no matter how you yeah <laughs> actually what i really love is uh marty york who played yeah yeah remembers that the day they were filming this. <laughs> he and a bunch of the guys, not all, um, but several of them were like, well, if, if you had to date one of us, who would you date? And she is like, uh, no, no. I think they need to come back to Because <laughs> she was 18 and they're all, you know. Yeah. I think they said they were all between 10 and 14 okay. while wow. filming. So yeah. I, she was just like, I have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to come back and bite me. <laughs> so, no. Or or told them like, oh, sorry, I am in love with Tom Cruise now or so something like that. But she was just like, I'm not yeah. answering this yeah. question. <laughs> and I think that works for for the Wendy character. Like it just, it's so out of his league that it doesn't come across as like, like the power right. balance. Right. We always talk about this with uh, sexual <laughs> impropriety. It's that power yeah. balance. And yeah. Wendy yeah. Peppercorn has all the power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and until squint, bad squints. Don't, don't do that. I, <laughs> it's one of those things like you're totally on his side as a kid. And I think it also. It's the fact that, like, Smalls is our narrator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, if 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 Smalls hadn't said this was cool, <laughs> I think that would go a long way towards people being like, yeah, he did that. That was dumb. Uh -huh. You watched her. She watched her physically. I mean, like, she, like, practically picks him up off the ground at one point while throwing yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. Gets them all banned. I love when they're throwing their clothes. Who, did, who, 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 who figured out what? Like, I like this. Someone was in there, like, okay, this is this kid's. This must be that kid. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I was like, well, hopefully it's actually their stuff. I love that it's just like a mass of their stuff, and it's yeah. like you guys, you guys sort this out. Like, <laughs> like, not only can you not come back to the pool, you can't even. We will can't throw your stuff. stuff to you. Yeah, maybe not your stuff in the, in the locker room. Even. Some stuff. <laughs> so I just, in a weird way, this movie gets it right, except for that where it's like, "Oh, wasn't that cool?" And it's like, "No, that's yeah. not the lesson." The le and and like having that moment between Squints and Wendy afterward through the fence. Uh huh. Yeah. That work. That gives you the like. Yeah. She, and some people. <laughs> Some people will always be mad no matter what you do, okay? <laughs> so my outlook is I am very annoyed at things that are blatantly offensive. Uh-huh. The Washington football team needed to change its name. <laughs> the Cleveland baseball team needed to change their mascot. <laughs> and they changed their name. Great. Like, I wasn't fighting for them to keep that name, but I understood the difference between saying Indians and saying what Washington was saying. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And I, I feel like this this falls down on it, too. There will always be people who say what Squints did was wrong and there is no way around that. Uh -huh. And saying, and she fell for him after that, is just perpetuating this to another generation. And I uh -huh. think... I think showing that she's like mad and that she's like, I can't believe that kid just did that. <laughs> that scrawny little kid actually did that. Look at him. And now he's smiling at me through the fence. Yeah. You little. All right, kid. All right. And then we find out years later. All right, fine. Like, we don't know what happened in between those events. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hopefully, like he... Yeah, hopefully there was a little bit of a delay. Yeah. Yes. 
Because it's like it could have been like they ran, you know, across each other, you know, home from college or whatever. And like he sprouts, you know, you know, you have that growth spurt and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, squints? Is that you? And then... And at some point, a five-year age difference stops Isn't... being a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm i willing to give this movie that that space <laughs> to still have the scene. And I just really wish the narration didn't, like, lean into it. Uh-huh. I still could keep the scene. I, I always love it. It's like, don't be seduced by the music. And that's what it is. When when he kisses her, the the drifters start going, yeah. and like <laughs> we as movie watchers of the twentieth and now twenty first century are like conditioned. We hear this magic moment, and we're like, our romance is happening. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Benny King is singing. They must be in love. I don't know what else <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> but do you think do you think we have a reliable narrator in this movie? I mean, it, this because this is a very just drenched in yeah. nostalgia and like honey sundew you know perfect summer long perfect summer's afternoon do you think he's remembering it the way it happened or do you think he's remembering it the, the way he wanted it to happen hmm. i think there is some of that because in the last scene scotty is one of the ones that like yells in excitement about going to the pool and like how many times could he possibly have been to the pool mm-hmm. like the yeah. the narration of this of like oh this is what benny tolerated best Here's what why we really went. Uh-huh. Like this is that is something that you feel after you've lived in this town for a few years. You know, you you, you that that's not how you acted the first time you ever went to the pool with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think there is some condensing there. I also think there is some influence, although what came first, of uh Scotty telling this story, 1993. When did Baywatch start? Because this rescue by Wendy is very Baywatch for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Baywatch started in the eighty nine. All right, wow, so, so could, yeah. So again, just like we are primed to hear the Drifters yeah. and think this is a romantic kiss, we see a red bathing suit and we are like, yeah. yes, <laughs> maybe she will run at some point. <laughs> Good point. Good point. It, it's complicated. Yeah. One thing that's not complicated, yeah. I love is. Uh, how close this all went to not working out for Squints. When when every so often I'll watch this movie after not watching it for a while. And when Wendy hands him to the male lifeguard, my heart yeah. actually does stop from it. I'm like, <laughs> oh no. And then like, I know it's not. And then uh, I also love that the guy's doing the old CPR, which I guess wasn't called CPR because- the legs- It wouldn't when be they CPR, do... but the legs, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Should I flip them over? I never caught that until watching it recently. I was like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> wow. I was going to ask what that motion was. It's, um, I wish- I knew which one it is. I have my grandfather's old ROTC books huh. from the Navy from like the 40s and 50s. And it is full on like they just use the same like illustrations from uh-huh. World War One, uh-huh. <laughs> the new version of the book. And it's the thing where it looks like the person is doing a push up and you're like giving them the Heimlich. <laughs> oh, like wow. bent over that. It's just like this is not I mean, I guess like water would come out of the person, but this That's just, I was trying to figure out how that would work. Seems like not a great idea. Yeah. The water you're like you're sloshing the water in them. It's just <laughs> pick them up by the legs and whack on yeah. <laughs> It's 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 uh it's a choice. Well, I just love how, I mean, we see in subsequent scenes where, like, that male lifeguard is just in the background, like, looking on. It's like, I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's at the shallow end and she's at the deep end. Okay. If I'm right. Well, there yeah, are that two, make... There are two pools. Yeah. Which really threw me off at first. There are two pools and the girls are sitting in the middle, which they're just asking to get splashed. I mean... Sitting that close. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not to victim blame, but... <laughs> well, that couldn't be comfortable if you're trying to, like, lay out and get a tan, like, laying on concrete. Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I think it would have been a fun twist if, like, the male lifeguard had started giving uh, Squints CPR. That's what I wanted. And then Squints had, like, looked up at his friends and given a thumbs up. Yeah, because he doesn't really... I mean, he kind of opens Aww. his eyes, but if he... <laughs> 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 no. 
<laughs> like we learned, oh, that's why he couldn't take it anymore with Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> and also speaking of it being the 60s and the, the, like, they're just lying on the cement, no problem. I love that it's not that she's putting on sunscreen. She's lotioning and yeah. oiling. Yeah. <laughs> oiling. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we are the last generation that remembers like working your way down the SPFs until the end of the summer when you were on four. Yeah. <laughs> four SPF. What did I think that was doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> or other genius things that uh, if you are a doctor, please cover your ears because this will make you cry. Uh, getting getting the sunburn for the base. Mm-hmm. The, the sunburn that would turn to a tan, tan. for the base at the beginning of the summer yeah oh that's a great idea no problems could come from that obviously one year we went to florida for our spring break habitat for humanity trip and we had like a a free day the before we drove back to campus and we went to the beach and my friend and my um roommate had gotten like her feet got really badly burned oh no oh no and they swell. I mean, it was like they swelled up. And she's oh, like, man. I can't. She couldn't really. She's like, I have to wear my flip flops and I can't really walk that well. Ouch. I was. It made you be like, oh, man, I'm afraid of sunburns now. Like, I yeah. will bathe in sunscreen. <laughs> my grandfather fell asleep at the beach when he had two little girls and a wife who didn't drive because it was the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. He'd put on sunscreen because I come from one of those families where we knew. He fell asleep with his feet pointed up and the bottom of his feet sunburned. (gasps) And he's the only one who can drive. So he has to drive them home at the end of the day. So he had to drive home on sunburned feet. I'm like... There's nothing funnier to me than me and like all my cousins being at the beach and like, and now we will put the sunscreen on the bottom of our feet because we have all heard this horror story. (laughs) Driving home and tears streaming of pain streaming down your face. And I think I think the daughters were like, you know, seven and six. There was no No way way. they were helping in this situation. Oh man. It wasn't even close to yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's my always. And I remember being like, how do we put the sunscreen on the bottom of our feet? (laughs) This doesn't doesn't seem to be working. Of course, the stupid thing and why I have so many stories of getting sunburned is we put all this sunscreen on and immediately jumped into the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. There was no concept of we've got to give this time to absorb. Just just a nice slick of sunscreen yeah, floating like on the slick. top of the yeah. water. It's like that rainbow. <laughs> oh, man. So I mentioned earlier that I did not grow up in a town that had a community pool. Mm-hmm. and But my cousins had the backyard pool. So oh. that was my experience. And then, you know. Going to the beach. I lived on Long Island Sound, so there was no surfing back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not an issue when I had an astigmatism. How about you guys? Like, does this ring any? I mean, I only know about these things from movies, which is probably why I think of like Caddyshack and stuff whenever I see that <laughs> color blue. <laughs> when I was a kid, we lived in a town for a while that uh, it was Garden City, Kansas, and they had the the world's largest municipal outdoor swimming pool. Oh wow! And it was huge. It was, <laughs> it was enormous. And it was like all every time I see a movie like this, it reminds me of that. But it was like five, ten times this size. Jeez! But it was all like nothing but shenanigans and you know getting the candy in the gift shop or the <laughs> commissary. <laughs> yeah, they have public pools in Boston, and I people would talk about them. I'm just like, I don't. I don't even understand the concept Hmm. of how you know where to go or what to do. (laughs) I remember going to, I mean, it was within one of our, one of the main parks in where I grew up. They had a public pool that was, um, I remember frequenting and it was, yeah, I mean, this definitely reminds me of, of it. Ours was a little bigger than this, but you had all the, mostly people got in trouble for quote horseplay, like, Uh You know, don't be playing chicken or throwing people <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> and we had a slide. Oh, nice. Which that was, uh, it was fun, but you're also a little self conscious because sometimes you had to, you got stuck. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, oh, like, no. You're like, don't look at me. <laughs> but uh, like Pete was saying with the 
like the concession commissary stand that brings me i mean i can have a zero bar like a zero candy bar or funyuns and immediately those <laughs> are the two foods that bring back going to the pool like oh why we always got like zero bars yeah <laughs> i don't think i mean i don't really think we ate them outside of the pool i don't know uh-huh. why but it was nice. just like oh man <laughs> and they kept them cold Oh, nice. <laughs> when you have a food you only had in like one yeah. particular situation, yeah. it's amazing yeah. how that like becomes a part of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was they had this, it was like these pouches of basically sugar, but they had each had a flavor in it and you had like oh, this dipping stick. stick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, darling, that's fun dip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it just, that's right. It's got to be so disgusting. Is that, it was just like you're just eating it's sugar, sugar from a stick Dennis of sugar. Dennis everywhere cringe. It's the, same, yeah. it's the same stuff that's in pixie sticks. Oh, okay. yes, But with yes. a sugared stick. It tasted stick exactly like you, pixie sticks. Yeah. When, yeah um, <laughs> the, I've also seen Lickamade. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, pixie sticks is definitely a uh, reminiscent of my teenage. Like in band, the cool thing mm. was, I mean, because you're already so cool because you're a band geek. <laughs> but you would. Uh, have pixie sticks and you would put them in your hat you had room in your hat to store things like when you wore it on your head then we called it liquid death (laughs) so somebody would bring lemon juice and so you would uh you know open a pack a thing of pixie sticks pour it in your mouth take a shot of lemon juice oh oh man because you know pixie sticks aren't (laughs) sugary and tart enough in themselves (laughs) (laughs) that was a cool thing to do I did not partake. This is my Wes Clark moment. I have seen someone snort a pixie stick. Yes, yes. Someone in band <laughs> snorted just, a pixie just stick. pure burning. Yes. Just the pure, we're too young for drugs, so this is what we will do to hurt ourselves. I know somebody who did that too, and yeah, they said, uh, yeah, just your nose is... <laughs> not a good time. Yeah. Uh, good choices. <laughs> Good choice. Great choices, everybody. <laughs> no one makes bad choices this child. That's the Follow thing. us for more advice. <laughs> and that's the thing with uh with Squints too, is like I love that he's been planning like he spent years planning yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And I love how surprised like the kid the boys are when they're like, Hey guys, he's been playing he planned this. And it's like, Aww. really? <laughs> you don't <laughs> Well, he risked death. Yeah, so what I mean, there, there's that. He's he's put in his his risk. Uh-huh. He kissed a girl, so I mean <laughs> he kissed a girl, which is more than any of them are doing. <laughs> Wendy Pfeffercorn, no less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that kiss, so <laughs> right before the scene was shot, David Mickey Evans, the director and writer, was reading Chauncey Laparty, Squints the Riot Act. And uh, the words yeah. that imprinted on his brain was, you keep your tongue in your mouth, you understand? <laughs> yeah. And because I've seen interviews since with uh, the kid who plays Squints, and he talks about this, and everyone's like, oh, is it true this was your first kiss? And he's very demure and avoiding, and it's very clear to me, having seen other actors talk about having to have their first kiss on film, that... No, it was not because <laughs> uh, he would not be. He's always like, oh, I can't remember. And I'm like, well, every actor I've ever seen who did have to have their first kiss on screen very much knew. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and then he talks about going on a date with their baseball coach's daughter during filming oh, yeah. and all his girlfriends afterwards. And it's just very clear to me that uh, the actor playing Squints is very different from Squints. From the- uh-huh. And that cracks me up that, you know, they, I mean, he probably, you know, to cover his butt, you know, told him, Mm -hmm. you know, keep your tongue in your mouth. But, you know, normally at that age, you'd be like, ew, like, why would I want to not have my tongue? (laughs) Like, if you've never kissed anybody before. But tongues can go in other people's mouths? I've never heard of this before. (laughs) I mean, how many, how many watchings did it take everyone to figure out the joke and honey, I shrunk the kids? (laughs) Years? Years yeah. for me? Yeah. Be like, ha, 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 we're all laughing. I don't know why. Then you watch it as a grown up and you're like, oh, oh. Brett, Brett, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> the other note that I had for the scene is that Wendy Peppercorn was based on a real person, a lifeguard that Evans had encountered in real life. And her name was Bunny, which is <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Very and so timely. appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Have you talked about the the defamation suit? Uh, no. no. With squints, we have not. Yeah, which I th- I thought was interesting that the that the real life squints with the exact same name sued for <laughs> defamation because he said it caused shame and humiliation. The character, and I think it's amazing <laughs> that they used his they used his actual name and actual life story, well, and he lost. They slightly changed the name. Oh, okay. I mean, very slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... First of all. The name Michael. You can't. No, there's too many. Michael and Chris. Her brother named Michael. They're everywhere. Okay, fine. <laughs> but it's not. This kid is Polidorus, and, and oh. oh god, now I'm forgetting the real guy's name. His name was Polidorus. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like it's, a couple of letters where it's, it sounds the same, it really but it's spelled is. slightly it differently. It sounds exactly the yeah. same. It is ever so slightly different. It is very clear, and and this book is based on <laughs> Evans's childhood. Like it's so obvious that that is. This guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't believe he lost. Or or even if you're not going to give him the ruling, like, okay, but really, for real, like, it's very obvious that this guy's based on this guy. So, you got to slip him something, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> but I also don't understand why he's like, my life is ruined by this, because if I were the inspiration for Squint, oh, yeah. I would never pick up a check in a restaurant again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't understand why he didn't milk that to fame and fortune. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the real guy, though, married the lifeguard. That's what I was going to say. Like, how can you say it ruined your life? It's like, you got the girl in the end. (laughs) Unless he didn't. Unless Unless he didn't. That was the shame and humiliation in real life. That's true. That could be. (laughs) This is rubbing salt in a very old wound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I think this is embellished for the stage for film. (laughs) (laughs) But, But even so, I mean... The guy's name is right there. It's yeah. So <laughs> well, Pete, you're the closest in California, but nowhere near. There is a mural in Venice, California of Squint's face when he's walking towards the diving board. He does I like, love uh-huh. his little face. <laughs> it's, I love it. I love, I mean, because people get like tattoos of it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that there's a mural of it. And then, uh, Chauncey Leopardi, who plays Squints, was talking about how every so often it will get tagged over and the artist will go out and fix it up. <laughs> and he was telling this to Patrick Renna and Renna was like, who would tag over that? And what I love is he's like, oh, you know, there's always someone. <laughs> and it's just, again, teenagers make bad decisions. Like, so, and maybe they're not teenagers, but you know, like you do stupid stuff when you're young. <laughs> the guy who is tagging it over is the guy from the defamation lawsuit. <laughs> bought a plane ticket (laughs) so yeah you can go you can go see that if you want (laughs) did you have anything else for the pool scene before we move on to the other bit of our move of our section i don't think i do all right well i will throw out there not to give our listeners homework but if you have not read the some of us by heather mcgee just to bring it down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is talking about racism and she talks about why towns like mine in New England did not have public swimming pools by the time uh, I came along in the yeah, 90s, yeah. 80s and 90s. And it's something that my dad has actually commented on because my dad grew up in California, Illinois, Maryland, Connecticut. He lived all over and actually then okay. he lived in Florida for a long time. So he he not that he lived everywhere, but he got a very broad view oh, of yeah, the United States yeah. of America. And then he had two daughters, and it drove him nuts every time we sat down to watch this movie and A Christmas Story. And he was like, that poor one black kid mm-hmm. would not have been there. Well, and I guess, the, yeah, I did wonder and, about and that. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm just telling you that yeah. I was in school in Indiana in the 50s, and there was no black kid in my class. Yeah. And that's a slight exaggeration. He wouldn't have been in Indiana then. But- he just, he watches these movies and he's like, this is a decision that was made by people making a movie in the 90s, 90s mm. yeah. not people reflecting the unfortunate accuracies of that time yeah. period. I feel like that for me, that's part of, I think, why the movie didn't hit home is it felt maybe like a little bit too much middle-aged white man nostalgia. <laughs> like I feel like oh, yeah, we've had yeah. so much of that. And it's ironic, I know, because I do a podcast about a movie from my childhood. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I feel like this has sort of been done to death. And I know this, yeah. I mean, this has been out for a long time, but it it just feels so saccharine to me. When does it kind of uh, hit the spot of like, the, you're remembering it how and... Okay, like you said, 
white white middle age guy like is that how you're remembering it how you want it to be have been during that time or you know like hey that kid could come to the pool you know like everybody had you know came to the pool and did all, all this thing like no problem but in reality it's like hmm. yeah I think it's a very whitewashed like picture we were so hopeful in the early 90s that mm -hmm. like all this was behind us yeah yeah and it wasn't yeah. gonna be an issue anymore yeah and therefore, we we could we could just and and we wanted representation on screen. Uh -huh. So you had to make sure there were a few different. I mean, like the fact that it it's Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have no idea his background. Mm -hmm. We have no idea who this kid is no. or like what is going on. And it's the same thing. Like Kenny's just there, and he's great, and he's one of the gang, and that's wonderful for the gang in this movie in this imaginary world that we're living in it totally works and it's fine but honestly that's why like kenny is not our player profile today because it's like no i don't want and, and i love that i say this like five minutes into a rant on this i don't want to get deep into the racism yeah. inherent in the history of public pools in america but it's there yeah. like you can't help it, it's it's there, you know? Yeah. It's, turns out p casting Denzel Washington in a bunch of things did not solve America's <laughs> racism yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. And I say that as, you know, we're, we're a bunch of white people here talking about this movie. So <laughs> I can feel nostalgic for this movie and I can love like how just like summer it feels to me mm -hmm. and, and also put on my society culture analysis hat and be like, oh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird that Kenny's the only black kid in that pool. Yeah. But I, I feel like we talk about this with, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is the movie, like if we hadn't seen it in childhood, would we look at it the same way? Like would we look oh, at it through yeah. two colored eyes the same way? And I feel like this might have been a different viewing experience if I had seen it as a kid. It's that's also true. hard because yeah. this is a movie marketed to kids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's not like they were ever going to address this issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, jumping way ahead, uh, but I'll just get all the downer talk out of here in the middle. <laughs> then we can have fun again. I love the night game scene mm -hmm. with all the kids looking at the fireworks. Oh my gosh, And yeah. I just... I have read too much and seen too many movies, and now all I can think about is I'm doing the math and thinking about the 60s and what it means to be patriotic in America and what is it teaching kids to, like, <laughs> ooh and ah at fireworks on the 4th of July while Ray Charles is singing. Yeah. And then, of course, I start thinking about the bridge scene in Apocalypse Now, which was very on purpose made to look like fireworks, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's literal war. And yeah. now we have all these things saying like, hey, maybe we shouldn't set off fireworks on holidays honoring veterans, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. people set off fireworks and they're like, actually the people that you claim to be honoring are the ones that are most traumatized by mm. loud noises and bright lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it just, it got complicated and I hate that. And I'm very privileged to be able to say that, God, what a downer. Can I just watch my <laughs> Can I just watch my movie without wondering why at the end of this movie they don't talk about any of these guys going to Vietnam? Like, come on. <laughs> it was it was ninety-three and we thought things were gonna be fine from yeah. now on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but that's it. I, I love the night game. God, yeah. what an iconic scene from this movie. Yeah. Well, this kind of, I have a, because <laughs> I said before, this kind of hits in the wheelhouse of like my dad growing up in mm -hmm. Upland, California for the, they lived there for a few years in his childhood. And he, I've seen pictures and he's talked about, you know, when they had actual block parties like mm -hmm. this, you know, they mm -hmm. would just literally block off the streets and, you know, have that whole you know, seats and food and, oh man, it sounds, it just sounds it so cool. It looks so nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about all the, like, uh, whatever they have, those firecrackers on the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'll have to ask him about that. Like how. <laughs> that is my other question. So I was wondering what you guys call those. I'm not sure. Were those sparklers? Like those. No, so they're they're snap thingies. They sit on the ground and shoot up. Aren't they like oh, wheelies? Fountains. Like those fountains? Feet. Fountains. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Pete's now my favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book about teenagers and I talked about them setting off fountain fireworks in the middle of the street. Mm. Okay. And my editor came back and was like, What are you talking about? I, I was I, like, Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I don't know what else to call these. And I Googled and I convinced myself that I was just going to leave that. <laughs> yeah, I would. But there was a huge like back and forth of like, wow. well, maybe you could describe them. And I'm like, <laughs> they, they, they sit and they make a they make a fountain of fireworks yeah. on the street. I don't know. Like, you know, a water fountain? Do. Exactly that, but fireworks. <laughs> exactly that, but you're going to burn your friends. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just running by them, which is what you're supposed to do. If you're an idiot, like my friends, you then start challenging each other to jump, jump over. over them. <laughs> we, are not, we are not smart people. Also, I was 100% ham. Like, I'll just bring a hot dog with me. Yeah. I love him. Like, wait for me. And he's doing all the fixings and stuff. Wait for me. What is it? What I'm is coming. he? Is he just take a big slab of cake and then take a That's... bite and put it back down at the beginning? What does he take? <laughs> I think, yeah, because I was trying to figure that out too. <laughs> I only have two hands and I need them both. <laughs> but there's cake. <laughs> to prepare the rest of my meal. Do you think there will be scenes like this again in our lifetime, like with modern technology oh, and smartphones and or is this, is this all relegated to the past? I mean, I feel like you only see stuff like this now after disaster and like neighborhoods come yeah. together. But like, like even we have like block parties sometimes in the neighborhood, but it, it it's down. never quite, it's never like this where everybody comes out. It's like two or no. three families come out. This is completely foreign territory to me of the idea of a block party. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I remember I lived across the street from my grandparents. So sometimes we'd carry an extra picnic table over <laughs> and that was like, Wow. Look at you guys being neighborly. <laughs> I mean, there was no there was no concept of this, but my, my cousins lived on a cul-de-sac. Hmm. And even they never had parties like this, but all the kids would just kind of end up in the out in the street. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. There was no organization amongst like to have a party, but because you were all kids and in the summer everyone was told to leave the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just all, and if you lived on a cul-de-sac, you all went to the same place. So, like, they had the basketball hoop that everyone would end up playing, and I don't know. It's just, it always looked nice. I remember um, a friend and I got really into Nick at Night when they Ooh, started yeah. doing their summer nights, and they would talk about block, because it was like the summer block party, and yeah. every night was a block of one show. So I saw pictures of stuff like this, and I saw this movie, and I was like, that looks really nice. And we see later another like big with like their picnic tables in the street mm-hmm. and just having a party and it looks it looks nice. I really love Ham with his catcher's gear mm-hmm. fixing his hot dog <laughs> to run along with. And I love that Smalls throws on his and he's not the only one. They've all got on their baseball caps even though tonight I mean I guess it's baseball. Oh, yeah, like, you just yeah. kind of automatically do it, but I I thought that was funny that he's like night game all right, got my hat. Well, and if you said anything like, you know, my brother and my dad growing up, oh, my dad's still, but just, you know, that's the baseball cap was always on. I mean, mm. you know, just unless, <laughs> unless it was, you know, a- Hell, I went some, through a phase of that. Yeah. <laughs> to me, this, I, like you mentioned, uh, you brought up Heather McGee. So th- this sort of reminds me of uh, Robert Putnam's book, Bowling Alone, and kind of the <gasps> yes. collapse of- community and I, th- I mean i think some of his thesis has been debunked but i think some of it feels like it kind of applies here like i feel like what we see is our sense of community has moved to much different spheres you know now it's online yes. it's less a physical manifestation yeah i say talking yep. to two people i've never met in real life <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm part of the movies by minutes community and <laughs> that's <laughs> That's that. Yeah, it it does. It you know, no one no one's joining the Elks mm-hmm. anymore, yeah. and you know, all these dads have something they belong to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like we know two of our neighbors, but we don't know. Like, I feel like maybe forty years ago, we would have known everyone on the block, or we would have known. Oh yeah, that's so. Even just well, I guess I was gonna say between you know my parents' age and like my age. But also my parents have, you know, we've lived in that house. I grew up in that house, so it's been, you know, 30 mm-hmm. some years that they've mm-hmm. lived there. So they have they have a neighbor or two that they, you know, can rely on or, you know, they'll keep up with. But living where we live, like we we know our neighbors. We can say hi to them, but we're not, we're not best friends or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know at least one person's name in every house around me. Nice. But that's... 
that, that's it. And then our next door neighbors that, that, you know, we're hanging out and we met them and we're both, uh, we both have cats. So like we're chatting about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But can you imagine, can you imagine going and asking your neighbor for a, like an egg or a, some milk well, that's No. My parents still live in their same house. And when we bought this house and we met everyone and I was like, I've met the neighbors. Mm -hmm. We went away for a long weekend and we'd been here like a couple months. And I said, uh, my dad was like, oh, who are you leaving the key with? And I'm like, nobody. I don't know these people. <laughs> and it honestly, it honestly was. My dad was like, oh, which of your neighbors are your friends with? And I'm like, I don't know these people, dad. <laughs> we bought a Simply Safe. Like that is the yeah. generational divide. My father could not understand. And I was like, dad, you lived across the street from your in-laws for 30 years. And now, and then you sold it to someone else who's like ancestors you knew in the same town. <laughs> of course, you feel comfortable having your neighbor have a set of keys. I said, I'm not giving my keys to these people. I don't know them. <laughs> yeah. It's a real, uh, real change from this, from this world. Although, please know, Smalls' parents are inside. Now, maybe they're going to go out later or maybe they've been out and come inside, but like, they're not. Bill and yeah. Mom aren't That's out true. here. <laughs> they just moved to the neighborhood though, right? Like maybe they're- Yeah. yeah. So they're they're at that same thing where it's like, maybe they went out and like yeah. politely made conversation yeah. and had a hot dog and now they've gone back inside. Like I could see the mom definitely like wanting to, you know, get to know, but Bill She's seems to try. be the kind to be like, oh, well, I got to, you know, get back to work doing whatever I, you know, <laughs> getting ready to go to Chicago. <laughs> I could totally see them being the ones where, like, they're going to be polite, they're going to go out, but they're not spending the whole evening. Oh, like, yeah. Like, they don't have anything to chat about with these people yeah. <laughs> for hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah, we get a little bit more of how Benny, we get the, I think this is the first baseball is, well, no, we got it in the narration before, but the baseball was life mm -hmm. sentimentality of the movie. And then what I absolutely love is the kids- that play the Sandlot gang didn't realize there wouldn't be real fireworks in the oh, filming yeah. oh. of the scene. <laughs> it's all done with, with lights and gels and stuff oh, like that. Man. And they were like, oh. Like, That's too bad. We, we thought there were going to be real fireworks. <laughs> he said it was going to light up the sky. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there were not real fireworks set off while the kids were playing. <laughs> And then it, we we get a lovely fade, no no star wipe like Star Wars. Star no, Wars. we get a fade into another day on the sandlot and the pickle. And I just like this is some great baseball going on, but I it is all wiped clean out of my brain by Squints. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder if Green Onions has ever been used to introduce bad guys in any other movie. Hmm, I know. It's a oh. funny choice, but it works. <laughs> it, it's because they got those bikes, man. Yeah, I love the those uniforms bikes. and the yeah. yeah. Which we had wondered before if they if the, those boys just live in those uniforms. <laughs> it's their claim to fame. It's yeah. all they have. <laughs> We've talked about green onions with you before, mm -hmm. uh, thanks to American yeah. Graffiti. So for those who did not listen to that season, this is Booker T and the MGs. It's a 1962 song. We're hearing a Hammond M3 organ. It's the B3. only instrument. A3? B3. Oh, E3. B, I'm sorry. B, B, I copied like that. Boy. I copied that down wrong. <laughs> That's totally on me. It's the only instrumental on Rolling Stone's 50 Greatest Songs of All Time list, and it is in the Library of Congress. And there are no lyrics because they would be dirty. <laughs> as, as far as I understand. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we got you a little bit. This is a really great music section of the film yeah 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 you got the drifters yeah. you got this you got ray charles it's fantastic it's a really good musical part yeah. of the movie yeah and i think this is kind of where you know we're, we're obviously gonna have this confrontation with the little leaguers riding up on their bikes but we're kind of wrapping up which is funny to me fourth of july comes so early in the summer when you're a kid like, 4th of July, you know, if, if you're watching Jaws, it's the start of the summer season. <laughs> and it's it's funny to me, I guess maybe because I had an August birthday and I was biased, but it was just kind of like, you just blinked and the summer was like, once 4th of July happens, it's like, and now it's the end of the summer, man. <laughs> Has there ever been a movie where the good guys wear uniforms? Like, it's always, I, I mean, where the, it's always the bad, it's always the bad guys who like, yeah. Being part of a team is always a sign of Conformity. like you're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, because the whole point is it's always the rugged It's always the rugged underdogs. individualist. Yeah. yeah. Like, the underdogs. Yeah. Well, because, like, you know, the Mighty Ducks have uniforms, but you always see them at the beginning. And, like, in D2, they've all got their different jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they unite under the new one. And, you know, the the Rebels, they've got uniforms, but only the pilots are wearing them. So it's not, hmm. I don't know. That is... That is a really good that that and have bad guys ever been introduced with green onions? Yeah. Listeners, call in. <laughs> yes. We wanna know. <laughs> would we like to talk about yeah yeah a little bit? Which it's so funny because a lot of people would have said, What is wrong with you? Why was yeah yeah not the player profile last part and squints and Wendy this part? And honestly, it was because I wanted to have some room for the love story of Squints and Wendy <laughs> yeah. without it getting bogged down in the weirdness of yeah. but this is this is a this is someone kissing someone else against their will. I mean, that hand goes up. Her head ain't moving. <laughs> so yeah. I felt kinda icky doing that. So I figured, well, they see each other. They have their little like exchange of looks. In the last one. And yeah, yeah, introduces every single line that he utters begins with this catchphrase. Except for one he utters in this minute or in this section. He says something in the pool, doesn't he? That doesn't start with yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought everything he said started with because he does the yeah, yeah, too cruel. Mm-hmm. And then later, like, yeah, yeah, he looks really crappy. <laughs> But I feel like he says something in the pool that doesn't start with yeah, yeah. See, we should have done a bit minute by minute. We wouldn't have run into this problem. It's somebody with a long long-term affliction with OCD I can I can definitely sympathize with poor yeah yeah like repetitive thoughts and behaviors <laughs> how did you feel about yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I I understand him <laughs> he's great so Marty York who plays him what I love is he had originally been cast as Bertram which is very strange yeah <laughs> and then when they saw Grant Gelt they were like uh can you read for yeah yeah real quick and I guess like the kid who had been cast as yeah yeah was sick so they were like oh well if you fit for this role great they'd had the script so they he knew the character and so did his mom and apparently his mom pulled him aside right before he went into the room gave him like a king size Hershey bar <laughs> had him eat it all at once so his sugar level spiked oh man and that's how he went in and read for yeah yeah oh man because <laughs> she wanted she didn't want the poor kid who's been rehearsing yeah. and doing all this stuff to like oh, that's go awesome. home <laughs> so she's like all right if you're doing yeah yeah here you go like <laughs> that's awesome so do you think his catchphrase like affected him is still affecting him to this day like does he have to yeah. physically work to not always be like yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and it, I, yeah he has trouble like did i turn the stove off yeah he has to so, like turn every light switch on three or four times yeah <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen a picture of Marty York these days, but he does not strike me as the gangly nervous type. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the idea of him playing Bertram is hilarious to me because I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. He <laughs> now is like a bodybuilder. <laughs> he is he is swole. <laughs> but what I love is he talks about how he still has the exact same attitude. Like, he describes himself as a chihuahua on the set of this <laughs> set, where he was always like, I'm the big dog. And he's just like, and I was the smallest kid. He, yeah. <laughs> and I went back and watched that section, and there is a line when Squints is on the diving board, and closed caption is to be believed. Squints does, or not Squints. Yeah, yeah, says, I don't know, but that's the deep end, and Squints can't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh! And there's yeah. no yeah perceiving that. Oh, no. But it, it may be a case of the time when you don't have the repetitive thoughts is when you're actually living truly in the moment and your mind mm. is caught, and your mind is living in the swim. present. And then you, you just that. say what you're actually seeing rather than your mind is caught in this loop and you say what you're, you know, what's rolling around in your head. I, and that would be the perfect moment yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. There we go. This kid, I, this kid's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love yeah. See yeah. now, a lot of fun. Nowadays, when I say yeah, now I'm thinking of yeah yeah. I'm like, wait, <laughs> did I say yeah? Am I always? <laughs> I'm having doubts about my speech. <laughs> I've seen him talking on interviews, and he just like is talking along. Like we do these podcasts, you just say things you don't realize you say things, and then then you'll be like, oh my god, did you just say yeah yeah? And he's like, I I don't I don't know. Oh god, did I? I have no idea. And as a <laughs> As a podcaster and as an editor of podcasters, I felt that. I was just like, yeah, no, that you don't know. You don't mm-hmm. know what you said. <laughs> we talk on these things and then it's a total surprise mm, when the episode yeah. comes out. It's like, oh, 
I, did I say that? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Like, which episode did you say so, so, such and such about such? It's like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've said so many things. <laughs> Part of Marty York getting into trouble with that attitude was that at one point, Grant Gell was driving him nuts. Just being, I mean, they talk about, they film, it was a whole summer that these guys yeah. were living together and filming this movie and it was hot. And I guess Grant was giving him grief about something, and he just turned and punched the guy in the stomach, oh, man. and almost got almost got kicked off the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Almost got kicked off the movie. It's like you can't. No, <laughs> we're going to learn about expressing our anger in healthy ways now, kid. <laughs> and it and it really was like I mean, other than Benny, I guess the kid playing Bertram was the biggest kid there, and he was just like, "Oh, you're not you're not picking on me, are you?" <laughs> it's whack. And he is one of the kids that got to meet James Earl Jones on set. Oh, cool. He always jokes. He's like, I've told this story so many times that at one point, Patrick Renna corrects him. And he's like, see, you know this better than I do. And I lived it. His mom was the person on the set for him. Who, and she was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take you to meet Darth Vader. And he's like, yeah, right. Darth Vader is not here. <laughs> I, you you got to remember, kids listening, 92, 93, these are the dark ages, okay? It's a big deal. So he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? So he goes into a room, and I guess like James Earl Jones had his back to me. He goes, you're not really Darth Vader, are you? Or some, some like smart-ass kid thing like that. And James Earl Jones turns around and in the voice goes, no, I am your father. Oh, my and gosh. Like, all but peed his pants. I mean, he I just mean... lost. He's like, I have no idea what I said after that. Like, my my brain melted. Wow. <laughs> so he was one of, because apparently, originally, there is a scene later with James Earl Jones, and it was supposed to be the whole gang. It was supposed to be the Sandlot gang finally meeting him and face to face. And what like David Mickey Evans wrote that and then immediately upon starting to film was like, oh, there's no way these nine boys are going to keep their cool <laughs> in a room with Darth Vader. <laughs> we can't do this. Uh, and so it, it's only Benny and Smalls. But what, as the scene we get in the movie. And so some of the boys are so mad because they're like, we didn't even get to meet him. <laughs> we weren't even on set that day. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine James Earl Jones, like, you know, stay, keeping his patience with <laughs> With an entire room yeah. of these kids freaking out. But it's funny. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. spoilers for Pete, I guess. He gives them the ball that's signed by the whole team. Mm. Oh, yeah, and so yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that makes sense if it was the whole team and the team is what's important. <laughs> but... But I understand where, from a director's point of view, he did not want to yeah. put himself through that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, maybe at this point, Marty York has slugged Grant Gell in the stomach <laughs> and Squint is over there getting hit by vans off the, <laughs> running around amongst the trailers. So at that point, he probably was like, how can I have as few children in my kids' movies as possible? <laughs> And I'm sure he said it with all love and affection, but you <laughs> oh, yeah. do reach that point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's that's our section. We end our section of the movie with all of them throwing down. At one point, I thought Benny picked up that bat just to throw it down again, <laughs> <laughs> which he doesn't. He holds on to it. But yeah, they're they're getting ready to confront the villains. So, Pete, I, I'm trying to work out how far you got it deep into this movie, but um, what did you think overall? Because it, it's very, it's a kids movie, uh -huh. and so you you are not its target audience. No, I it, that it, I felt like I was not its target <laughs> its target audience. <laughs> I'm very curious if you ever do end up watching the end to see your reaction to to the the wrap up. Yeah, I always I really loved that. Yeah, okay. no, I, th I'll I think going. it's a good. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I think you might enjoy. Do okay. you have a favorite character, Pete, so far, you know, in your viewing so far of it? Of I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, actually. Awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kid I relate to. I, I was always relating to Smalls. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> My parents told me to make friends, but gave me no guidance on how to do yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> how was it seeing Karen Allen as the mom? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I, that was fun. I was I did not know she was in that, so that was a, a definitely a pleasant surprise. Okay, because you usually spend your time podcasting about Indiana Jones. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're you're on full Karen Allen mode, I assume. Which I I 
I do have to bring this oh, up. Oh, yeah, you have to tell about your uh, your head cannon. <laughs> oh, my Rachel head did cannon. math. Okay, I don't do math in the summer on my summer podcast. <laughs> I don't but like she math, did. so I don't do it. No, um, <laughs> so in one of the, oh gosh, probably like early on in the movie, like the first or second section, we cover uh-huh. probably second section, but um, we find out that Bill is Scott. Scotty oh. Smalls is stepdad. Yeah. Oh. And Karen Allen is his mom, obviously, but Scott Scotty Smalls says that his dad had died when he was young. So I my headcanon, you know, I was like, hmm, you know, this takes place in nineteen sixty two. Oh, I like where you're going could with this. This be <laughs> could this be the, you know, parallel universe mutt? Oh, and like, I like that. she just told him that you yeah, know, his that he dad, was, yeah. Indiana Jones, died. But actually, <laughs> like, could we redo Crystal Skull? And have, oh man, with smalls, smalls yeah. instead of mutt. Which, what a different kid. Yeah, like, I know we meet mutt, and he's older yeah. than this kid, but like. Mutt and his like switchblade skills versus Smalls and his erector set. <laughs> I love Indiana that, Jones would be yelling, "You're killing me, Smalls." <laughs> we we love it. Oh, We're yeah. here that's, for that's it. Def- that's canon. That's canon, though. <laughs> Although my favorite is still the line I let out in there because it was the scene where um she's in his room and Karen Allen is wearing the headband and I was like, no, Marion Ravenwood does not wear that headband. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a headband too far. <laughs> so, that's become oh my god, I just did the Harrison Ford point as I said that. So actually, I think you're on to something. The spirits are, the spirits uh, are telling, telling me <laughs> that you are right. I just love that these guys become like their own little family. Like other than Timmy and Tommy, we don't know. Well, Yaya's got a sister. So we know that much. (laughs) So I'm glad as much as you are not the target audience, this is a nostalgia for a time that never really was. Mm -hmm. But overall in general, like it's not bad, right? Like we didn't torture you with this. I mean. (laughs) No, it was enjoyable. I had people, you got to remember, I hosted Mash Minute. I had people come to me like, I didn't make it. <laughs> the Robert Altman war film was not my cup of tea. And now now I'm recruiting guests for Apocalypse Now, which is the same thing. We're like, I'm not, no, no, I'm not doing that. It's nice to have these little like, I mean, it's it's harmless. Mm-hmm. Kids, mm-hmm. they're fine. Yeah. But I love that we managed to bring up many sociological movements in, the yeah. in our discussion. So I guess if you guys are good, we will wrap up. I hate to leave the the Fourth of July scene, but you know what? The movie did it for me. So. <laughs> it did. It faded it faded into another scene for you. We gotta move out. I I do love that that smack of the imprint and the perfect PF flyers footprint that benny leaves but yeah we'll we'll get to what this was foreshadowing much later in this (laughs) pete thank you for joining us this was fun thank you we gave you good music (laughs) definitely and rachel you will be back to suffer through what happens after the little late game with me but pete you get you you're safe yeah Although I will let you know, we uh, we already recorded that scene, and I did get to reference Indiana Jones during Oh, nice. It. Yeah. Because nice. I am one of those people who, the minute it, it, Willie goes into that tunnel, yeah. I'm just like, and we're fast-forwarding. Yeah. I don't need to see any bugs. We're done here. I don't care that there's some really good lines in the scene. Oh, and look, they're, they're done. They're out of that area, and everything is fine again. <laughs> we never need to talk about fortune cookies. Oh, yet. my God. Yeah. So, I think that's the worst part about it is a fortune cookie line. <laughs> nope, I'm a visual person. And that is not the worst part about it. But you know what? At the risk of triggering myself, I will stop talking yeah, about we'll that. Just, uh... <laughs> so now that we've got that to look forward to, the, I think we have plugged the fact that you are from the Indiana Jones Minute quite a bit. Your intrepid co-hosts did not get roped into They could not be seduced by the promise of Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we... We love listening to you oh, yes. and Tom and Jerry doing that series. And I know not all parts of all movies can be our favorite parts, as I have just pointed out. And I know <laughs> a lot of the mutt stuff is not your guys' favorite part of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for slogging through it because oh, yeah. while Crystal Skull is not my favorite Indiana Jones movie, I think there's a lot of good bits in it. No, I agree. 
I agree yeah. With so yeah. I'm not I'm not throwing out I'm not throwing out New Haven train stations. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm with, with you. With the Mac bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's something you guys have talked about, how different the Indiana Jones movies can look. Yeah. Like just the different color right. palettes, they just, the different feelings they're invoking. And it's very clear to me, this movie, The Sandlot, is using a very specific color palette, music, yeah. firing on all those signifiers mm-hmm. to push every nostalgia yeah. button in my brain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so I think that's why I've always liked it. It has always felt like summer to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... that's- Good way to describe it. Listeners, if you would like thoughtful discussion of Indiana Jones, you can check out indianajonesminute.com. Thank you. Pete, was there anything else you would like to plug? I know you have guested on tons of other stuff and you've done other podcasts. Yeah, I maybe the best one was American Graffiti Minute. He has to say that. No, um, <laughs> I was thinking more. It's funny. I started to say, you've done other podcasts. And then I'm like, the joke of which was that you hated the the movie, but <laughs> with the, with the oh, I almost just said a Christmas story. Wrong one. Wrong National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with uh, the great Sean German and Christopher Dennis Guardia. So, if you would like to hear Sean, uh, keep listening or have already listened. Yeah, trying to just remember. To, have already open. listened. <laughs> This is why release order is the best order to record. (laughs) And uh, you can come back and hear more of Rachel and I and see what these nefarious little leaguers are up to. (laughs) Spoiler alert, they suck. (laughs) (laughs) So please come back and join us for some more Sandlot, nine (laughs) minutes at a time. Say hey, say who, say Willie. Say hey, say who, swinging at the plate. Say hey. Say, Willie, what you gonna say?